Hi guys, I, I'm here with um, correct me if I'm wrong, Wolfgang Borsch. Did I pronounce it's, pre it's pretty good. If you really pronounce it like in German as we do, it's like like Wolfgang Borsch. Wolfgang Borsch. Most of the time, people say Wolfgang Borsch. So it's quite close. Quite close. Um, uh, for those who don't know, he is the awesome designer of the Mind, Taps of Quellenberg, Taverns of Tavernal, Illusion, which is like picking up so fast in the Philippines, like sold out in a week. Like we were so surprised. Um, I was actually a bit disappointed with myself because I was looking at the, the Dice Tower review of it before making the forecast, and I was saying it it doesn't look as much fun as the mind. So maybe we should lower the forecast a bit. And then when we got it and we played it and we were doing it on Facebook uh, live, uh, like the after that the whole week we, everyone was playing it so hey, wow, I love to hear it. <laughs> like people were buying three to four copies uh, wow. because they were giving it to friends and family because most of the time in the Philippines or the the community is in this mode where we're looking to bring our loved ones into the scene so that you know by the time we get home we, we get we have other playmates for board games as well. And um, the mind and illusion are actually perfect. Illusion uh, is quite easy to pick up even for kids, I guess. I mean, yeah. As long as you can understand the like like the amount of the area of color, mm -hmm. while, while compared to the mind, while yeah. you have to be a bit older to understand what's yes. going on. Yeah. And um, actually, we always get the tricky cards, the ones with the text and numbers. And <laughs> oh, these are the mean ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, those know, are the mean ones. <laughs> but I love to hear that that. Uh, that it's kind of successful or liked it or whatever, mm -hmm. because I always feel it's like a bit of like the very, very, very small brother of the mind, mm -hmm. very often overlooked. Yeah. But uh, maybe this is very culture dependent. Which games, which countries are successful yeah. or are being mm -hmm. Um So uh, I think especially for us, because um, everyone likes to gather around at a table, it is very normal for us not to have dinner or lunch until our family members who are in the same place as we are mm -hmm. would sit at the table so that we can eat together. That's why those small filler games while waiting are really big in the Philippines. Aside from the fact that um, they're at a very affordable uh, price level. Yeah. 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 So um, we're doing a quick interview. I crowdsourced some of the questions that we have. Um, they, these are coming from what we call the curators. Um, they're a community in the Philippines. It's a group of about 20 to 25 people who actively talk about board gaming in general in our country. We try to localize um, reviews. We try to curate and say that these are the games that I think would be best uh, to bring more people into the hobby. Or or for those who have gone into the hobby, like with Splendor or Wingspan, like what's next uh, for them? Especially for us because it's such a bad experience if we bought a game and it doesn't fit well with us because yes. for example in the Philippines our average daily wage is about 10 euros per day and um, it, it, it's quite it, it's actually a luxury for us to, to be able to buy a board game. <laughs> yeah. I just hope that my, my games like Illusion and the mind have two They're actually perfect. Okay, that's yeah. good. <laughs> so um, the first question that we got is um, what are your top three games that are not yours? Um, I, yeah, that's kind of hard to say because mm -hmm. I don't play a lot of board games. Okay. Uh, most of the time I spend like uh, working my own prototypes. Mm -hmm. So uh, most of the games that I like a lot are games that like are already several years old because mm -hmm. all of the new published ones I don't play too often. Mm -hmm. 
I changed this a bit the last few months, so I started going to like a monthly event where I play also like new published board games. Mm -hmm. But my favorite ones, um, when I have to say Seven Wonders, okay. I love Seven Wonders. Mm -hmm. um, just a perfect game when it comes to game length and how many people can play and like zero downtime and also like the, the amount of decision you have to make. I love to play Go. Uh, I'm really bad at playing Go, but I really loved it. Uh, I teached it myself like when I was 14 or so. Mm -hmm. And the only person I know who can also play Go is my brother-in-law. Okay. So we play like twice a year, so you can imagine how, how good we are. Um, and everything else, like Isle of Sky from Alexander Twist, I don't know if you know that. Uh, quite a lot. I like Stone Age, I like Puerto Rico. Yes, Puerto so Rico. all of these games that more like already can tell them they are more like classics. Yes. Like Puerto Rico, Seven Wonders, over like 10 years mm -hmm. older. But it's still like these are the games I like a lot. And then the next question that is like a follow up to that is um, what is your favorite game? that you design like if you had a favorite child out of all oh, of yeah. your so yeah. me <laughs> which child you give up yeah. so choice. Um, um, and it doesn't need to be based on sales or anything like that just no, no from, I know, from I know what you mean yeah. so I have to distinguish between so let's say the game that I'm the most proud of okay. based off just the idea and the mechanics is still the mind because I think an idea or a mechanic like for the mind that will probably never have again. Okay. This is also for me a very unique idea that I had and I was not convinced at all when I had the idea for this game. I had the idea and it took me a whole year until I made the prototype because I thought this one would work. So, but, but it then worked and uh, I'm, I'm really, let's say, proud of this game. I'm really happy that it's, 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 uh, uh, people like it. Although there are a lot of people that don't like it, but it's okay because it's a very, very uh, uh, strange, very strange mechanism. But of my own games, normally I don't play my own games again as soon as they're published. Because okay. they're, as soon as they're published, I work like the next project. Yeah. But the only game I really still play a lot and still like uh, working on the next next. Uh, uh, in the next games is that's pretty clever. Oh, yes. clever. Um, that's probably the one game where if someone comes and says, let's play one of the games, which one do you want to play? Okay, this country. Yeah. Yeah. What is the highest possible score in, in Oh, I'm the wrong person to ask. I oh, think really? it's 300 something for the first one. Yeah, because I've done 300, 312. On the oh, app. It's yeah. pretty amazing. <laughs> I think it did like twice or three times more than 300. Okay. I think for the second part it's like 400 something. Mm -hmm. The third part is already finished but it will come out Hessen this year. Okay. And this is also the rate of... Oh no, for the, for the second one it's more like... No, it's one something and for the third something one is more than 400. Mm -hmm. We haven't figured it out yet. Okay. <laughs> we still have to figure out what, what's the highest possible. <laughs> Um, actually, uh, Gantian Clever and Twice as Clever, I even have it on the app. Um, you don't have it on the app. I, I have it on oh, the app, on the app. Uh, and I have the board game. So yeah. anytime that I'm traveling, it, yeah. it's like the perfect uh, app for me because yeah. I, I can just sit on the plane or on the train and then just oh, play all night. <laughs> I only downloaded Twice as Clever yeah. when I got to 300 on Gantian Clever. <laughs> It's a reward. So yeah, it's a reward. Well, you don't have the 300, <laughs> I, I don't allow myself. <laughs> to it's good. Um, next question. Um, what is your favorite uh, mechanic to work with? Oh, I don't have any. any. No, because uh, I normally don't start and say, okay, I want to make a worker placement game or want to make like something special. Uh, I actually don't have any mechanics. Uh, most of the time, I just 
running around and thinking about like different stuff. So I couldn't think of a mechanic. Not even one. I like kind of like drafting because like seven wonders mm -hmm. because it limits downtime and that's one of the things that I always try to do is like limit the downtime as much as possible. Okay. It's not always possible like a four player game of, of that's pretty clever has a lot of downtime. <laughs> yeah. But if it's somehow possible, I always try to do as many simultaneous gameplays as possible. But you also don't want to do is like like uh, that people should watch it out what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So uh, so I don't want to do it too much. Mm -hmm. But I always try to get the downtime low. So drafting is, is, is perfect because everyone can do it at once. Um, but yeah, not really any, any special mm -hmm. mechanic or Okay. Uh, and then actually related to that, um, we are actually running a, uh, going to be launching a podcast soon of our top 50 um, board games that were influential, like a big book of board games yeah. for the decade. Yeah. And um, we're actually gathering insights now from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, Eric Lang gave this insight. Um, we wanted to ask you if... What are the? It doesn't need to be good, but like for you in your career, um, what is the game that like had a big influence on, on you for this decade, for example? Um, as I mentioned, I don't play a lot of board games, mm -hmm. um, but I've been living in the UK for four years, mm -hmm. from 2012 to 2016. This was the first time I really started to play modern board games because I had a lot of colleagues that I really like into board games, heavy board games, so oh, let's like start making yeah. a board game group and there we play like we met once once a week and there this was the time really I, I uh, played for the first time like like Summer Wonders, I played for the first time Puerto Rico and so on. So basically the, the games that had the most influence on me were all the games I played there because then I moved back from the UK and I started designing games based on the experience I had with the games I played there. Okay. Since then I stopped playing a lot of board games. Mm -hmm. So basically the games that I played there were like Puerto Rico, Seven Wonders for sure, mm -hmm. Isle of Sky, Terra Mystica, so I played like all, let's say, all the games that we now could call classics. Yes. Uh, which one has the most influence is really hard to say. Okay. Oh, with Domin without Dominion, it would probably not have made uh, a Bugs of for. Okay. Without Imhotep, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have made Gunshot Clever because Imhotep said also this, you have like these cubes, mm -hmm. based on where you put the cubes, you have five different mini games. Yes. You have different ways to make to make points and mm -hmm. did the same for that's pretty clever. Okay. That you put the dice in five different mini games. Mm -hmm. So Imhotep for that's pretty clever, Dominion for 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 Axalba. For the mind, it didn't really have like a, a game that influenced that because okay. the game is quite similar. If you mm -hmm. know, yeah, yeah, the yeah, game, but I haven't played it before. Okay. I played the game after playing the mind because I showed the mind to the editor of, of NSV who mm -hmm. published the game. Okay. He said, "Oh, and you've never played the game? Play the game. I played the game. I was pretty happy that I haven't played the game because if I would have played it, I would probably not have played the mind." The mind. Okay. Um, did so, you make any final adjustments to the mind after playing the game? No, 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 no. no. Not, okay. Nothing that would influence that. Okay. It was quite finished when I showed it to NSV, when I shop it to the editor. The only thing that has changed was maybe the distribution of the bonuses where you get in which levels you get in the middle and you apply for a new, new, new Shuriken card. Okay. 
And then um, one of our uh, curators actually meant, uh, was able to find out that um, you had a background in molecular biology. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Um, so the, the question there is, um, is, is your profession there or experience in molecular biology, has that like passed on any influence in the way you design games or in terms of the discipline that you have now? Uh, probably not exactly that to say and take experience ahead like in, in the lab or whatever yeah. and put it like as a mechanism <laughs> in the game, but it's kind of similar thinking process. Okay. Also like, like in the lab you're just basically you can sit around and walk for two and three hours and think about like ideas to get your experiments. Mm -hmm. you, you try to find new ideas uh, based on what already has been published. Okay. It's basically like in games, you run around and try to find like new mechanism, mm -hmm. but at the end you still base everything on the experience you already know about games and know about certain mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of similar also like in, in research. If you have a good idea, you don't know if it's worth anything, you have to do an experiment. Yes. An experiment will show it is worth going on and follow this idea mm -hmm. or not. It's same with like if you have an idea for a game, you say, oh, it's a good idea, but I have to make a prototype and test it. Yeah. Now, if I tested it, I will see, is it worth anything? Mm -hmm. If yes, let's make more tests, let's okay. change it and do the same with experiments. So the whole test process is quite similar. When you have finished all the experiments, you write down like a paper, it's basically like writing down the rule. Okay. And you have like two, three years of work that is very complicated. You have to write a paper that even readers that are coming from other scientific disciplines understand exactly what you've been doing the last two or three years. You have to really like make it very simple that everyone understands it. It's basically what you do when you try to write rules so that even people who have never played a game understand completely what you're doing based on the rules. Okay. It's helped me a lot like writing rules that in editors or whoever understand this and get a feeling. So the whole working process and the idea and thinking process is very similar to what you do when you develop games. Very, very similar. Uh, although I have never taken anything that I learned there and put it into kind of a mechanism. Okay. Yeah. Uh, will we ever um, see a science or molecular biology theme game <laughs> coming That's, from you? Why not? Let's say like that. <laughs> but I start my uh, my development process never with theme. I always try to find a, a nice and fun mechanism. Okay. And if that then works, I try to find a theme that that sticks to the mechanism. Mm -hmm. The only exception there is the taverns of Tiefenthal, mm -hmm. where I really started with theme because I was living in the UK in Cambridge. Okay. And Cambridge has a long pub tradition. Yes. yes. We were going there a lot into the pubs and having dinners, and I thought, oh, it would be nice to make it like a pub game. Mm -hmm. And this is how I started to make like the taverns of Tiefenthal. Mm -hmm. This is the only game I really started with the theme. But normally, I try to find a unique and nice and fun mechanism. Then we will see. And most of the time, the, the theme changes a lot during the process when you then bring it to a company. Yeah. Uh, the only time I think it hasn't changed is for Kevin's of Tiefen because yeah. the mechanism fits to the theme. To do it. A lot of people compare taverns and and packs of polymers. Since I, uh, a lot of our players actually note that based on reviews and based on like initial gameplay that they have a similar experience. Um, coming out from both these, yeah. um, more in the pusher lab aspect. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that they're they're similar or different enough in, in your opinion? 
I think the gaming experience should. I have the feeling they're quite different because okay. this one is a push your luck game where you just pull up chips, yep. and the other one is like more a Euro game, uh, uh, engine building game yeah. with dice. I'm always surprised when you hear that the see, but I get this that they have the same, same feeling and kind of same emotions because both are luck involved, both give you benefits or uh, try to give them like good emotions when 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 you when you get like a bit of a chain reaction like in, in Gunship mm. Lever. Uh, but I also don't see like I've never seen Heavens of Tiefenthal uh, being like compared to a push your luck because basically in, in my opinion it's not a push your luck game okay. because you never get to the point where you have to push your luck. You're never at the point where it's your decision to say I'm gonna push my luck or I'm gonna stay where I am. Okay. Because this is a decision you have to make it quite supremacy. Do I draw another chip or do I not? It's your decision. Emmons is like you draw the cards until like the tables are finished. There's never a decision where you have to push your luck. Okay. Uh, it's more like in Dominion where you draw cards until you have like five cards and maybe you get maybe you get like a plus one card action and a plus one card action and then you have like seven cards. But you never have to make a decision to stop there. So here you never have to say, Oh should I feel lucky? Should I do I draw another card? Do I do it? This is the push of lucky. Okay. It's completely missing in heaven's Okay. Um, so, but I, I, I understand man, it's from the same designer, it's both like a, a more a, a canopy level, so I get it that people have a bit of the feeling, both black and wolf. Mm -hmm. But for me, uh, for me, they are completely two different games and mechanisms. Okay. And then, um, actually, this is uh, one of the last questions uh, that we got, but I think we actually reserved it for the last um, part. A lot of people say that you, you, they feel that you love luck. Um, mechanisms in, in games, randomness elements in games, but at some point they initially feel frustrated at the start with the luck involved, but then they become they learn to love it. Like, <laughs> like they, they were asking like, for as for example for aspiring game designers, like what would be your tip when it comes to handling randomness and, and luck to be to make it. Fun. <laughs> oh, that's so hard to say. If I would know that, I would do this maybe even better. Uh, oh, this is hard to say. I mean, I never put in the luck element on purpose. Okay. It's never like to say, okay, now I've made a game, it's from 100% without luck, everything is just like based what you know, let's put in some luck. Okay. It's more like based on the mechanism I have an idea for, is most already like a mechanism that will bring you. Saying that, I like games where luck. The thing is with luck, with luck comes emotionally. Okay. It's played, let's say you play chess where you have like 100% like, like uh, all the information is there. You will never have this, you will have a different way. Okay. But you will never have this feeling of like, oh yeah, it's exactly the one that I missed. Yeah, luck brings in emotions into the game that you most of the time cannot reach with, with, with games where I have to without luck. Yeah. It will bring in frustrations, it will bring in Happiness, mm -hmm. but it will bring in emotions. Okay, without completely and any luck at all, you will probably not have this because you still can be surprised by moving another chess place. Make oh, I haven't seen this. Yes, but it's never this 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 feeling of like like um, this gives you the, the emotion of die roll, gives you the emotion of throwing a card and oh, this is this. And I like this emotion having your game. At the end, okay, but you don't want to have like a three-hour Euro game that at the end the luck will win you. Yeah. So you try to balance it. But I understand that people say, okay, Terrence of Tiefenthal is maybe over like too much Euro game for them, so it's too much of it, too much luck involved. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I can say is, if you put in luck, 
put in enough different levels where you could run. Okay. Because it evens out. Mm -hmm. That simple it is. Uh -huh. If you say you have a game where per round you roll the die once, and if you have a six, it's good. If it's one, one it's bad. Mm -hmm. It's not good. Mm -hmm. If you roll like 100 dice, let's say like that yeah. per round, it will even out somehow. Mm -hmm. So if you have like different levels where I say, like a tavern or Tiefenthal, you can be unlucky with dice. Mm -hmm. But you will have like a Gaussian, Gaussian distribution yes. like, like that, uh -huh. even up. But if you have also like the cards, they can be unlucky for you and lucky for you. Mm -hmm. This thing is like this, the peak will be even higher in the middle. So mm -hmm. you, or let's say the peak will not be higher, but like the, the distribution will be even broader. Mm -hmm. So you will have like situations where completely unlucky, mm -hmm. where you have bad cards and, and bad dice. Yes. And you will have situations where you're even more lucky, where you have good cards and good dice. But it will not happen that often. Yeah. So it will distribute out. Mm -hmm. If you add more and more levels of that, mm -hmm. you will get an even broader distribution. So if you put in luck like that, put it in as many levels as possible. And don't make it too long. <laughs> and don't make it like too thinky that at the end you say, yeah. Um, actually, uh, those are all of the questions. Um, do you. Uh, do you have anything that we can look forward to that's coming out this year? Um, uh, not too many actually. So I know I've uh, published several games in the last one or two years, mm -hmm. but many of them have been like in development for, for several years, so I feel like in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. uh, and most of them just have not been published. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm mainly in the process of, of like trying to find new, new ideas and mechanisms. But saying that, like as I mentioned before, the third part of that's pretty clever will come out in, in uh, autumn this year. Mm -hmm. And Waveland, a yes. new party game of mine mm -hmm. uh, that just has been published in the US, will now uh, come into like worldwide distribution uh, over the year. I don't know exactly when it will hit Asian countries, when it will hit uh, European countries. Mm -hmm. Then also, uh, I have a kind of silly party game. It's called On the, on the, uh, on the Scale of One to Two Rex. It's been published by Exploding Kittens. Uh, oh. It just came out uh, this December in, in the States. And we'll also now get like worldwide distribution during the year. Um, Do you know who will handle the distribution? For the Asian countries, I have not an idea. Okay. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. But for US, for example. For US, it's Exploding Kittens itself. Okay. It's doing distribution for all English-speaking countries. Okay. And SOD, I think, is doing most of the European countries. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I have like one or two other games, let's say two other games, where I also work together with the people who I made Wayfans Mid, this is Pumpport, it's just a small company in the States. And we they have two games, uh, one a dexterity game with a very new, I think, fun mechanism, but more like a very simple game. And another game where I just have the idea, but it's more like, already more like a toy than a game. Okay. But this is all more like in the future and we will see when, when this will actually come out. Maybe on Kickstarter then. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, final message to your fans uh, in Philippines and maybe in Southeast Asia? I let's say it like that. I just learned that I have fans <laughs> in Philippines, Southeast Asia. This is already like amazing enough for yeah. me to hear that like my games are not even played like here where I can see it. I know it from the States and then I know especially like a game like The Mind is always like amazing to see if I hear from another country where people play like The Mind mm -hmm. but never been to Asia and like hearing from like people around the world well, that just playing and trying my games mm -hmm. it always feels like every time it feels just amazing. Yeah.
And so I just say thank you for that. Thank you that you really play the games, enjoy the game, give them a chance and say it like that. And then if you enjoy it, I don't know. And also to hear that like a game like Illusion that is more like if it like buried in a, um, beneath my games like the mine or whatever, are yes. uh, really happy to hear that that uh, they're successful there too. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay guys, uh, that's it. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know you're busy here in Nuremberg. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. See you guys.